Not sure if you've heard the one about the preacher and the taxi cab driver. Have you heard this? Shake your head no, because I'm going to tell it anyway. Preacher, taxi cab driver, get up. They die at the same time. They get up to heaven's gates, and they are standing there, and the, the books are opened. Cabby driver goes up there first. Peter opens a book, runs his finger down, sees his name. He says, oh, it's you. We've been expecting you. And the angels come and they put a big silk robe on him and give him some golden sandals and a golden staff. And they say, right this way, sir. We have one of the largest mansions in heaven just for you. And they escort him back. So the preacher's standing right behind the cab driver. And you think, all right, <laughs> pretty good. Feeling pretty good about this. He gets up there. He looks at the books. Peter runs his hand, he kind of furrows his brow a little bit. Finally, he finds his name there, kind of at the bottom in small print. He says, oh, okay. Okay, uh, yeah, we're going to let you in. And, uh, oh, you can't have a silk robe, but why don't you just grab one of those in the pile over there. And uh, we have got a small cabin way in the back. It's a bit overgrown. You'll have to do some mowing. So the preacher's kind of confused and grabs his... Peter says, what troubles you, my son? He said, well, I mean, I don't want to say anything, but the, the guy in front of me, cab driver, gets a, gets a big mansion and a silk robe and a golden staff. I, don't, I get a cloth robe. I don't even get a staff. I get a tiny little cabin in the back. What's, what gives? He said, well, I need to explain. See, you did a great deal of work, but the, the thing is that when you preached, people mostly slept, if we're quite honest about it. But that cab driver, when people got in his car, every single one of them prayed. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the place where you end up is not the place where you expected to end up. And that's the reason I tell this joke, because it kind of is very similar to what happened in preparation for this sermon. Uh, where I thought I was going to end up is a place a little bit different than where I actually ended up. So if you're a thinker, I want to encourage you to put your thinking caps on. If you're a student, I want to encourage you to open your Bibles and open your minds. And uh, if you're so inclined, I'd like you to follow along with me. This will give you something to chew on. And if you reach a different conclusion, I'd like to talk with you about that. I know some of you have the spiritual gift of criticism, so that's not what I'm looking for. But, but if, you, if you're a thinker, I want you to be thinking about this. I want you to chew on it and see if you reach the same conclusion. Um, we are in a series called One Another. So we're kind of going through the one another verses of Scripture. And as we do that in today's topic, we're talking about being kind to one another. So here's the first question I want to ask. When you think of the word nice, what, who do you think of? Who comes to mind when you think of the word nice? Okay. Um, perhaps you think of someone like Fred Rogers. Okay. Some people have in mind when you're nice, you're like Mr. Rogers. You know, you're always smiling. You're always being very positive. You never have anything negative. I think Fred Rogers was a minister. If I don't, if I'm, I could be misremembering that, but but he just had this very nice, likable way. Maybe you think of somebody like your grandmother. 
Okay? Your grandma was always nice. She always had cookies for you. She was always making your favorite kind of food. You know, she was just nice in that sort of way. I want to ask you the question, does Jesus fit into the box of being nice? I had to wrestle with that. As, as we think about Jesus, a lot of the artistic representations of Jesus picture him as a very nice guy. You know, he... He, he was always well-mannered, he's very polite, he's usually pictured with lambs or small children, and the picture that you get is, is of, of a really nice guy. But is that accurate? Was he always a nice guy? It, it, biblically speaking, I hope that this is the part where you want to open up your Bibles. Jesus, in my view of it, was not always nice. He just, there were times when he didn't do, he didn't fit in the socially acceptable nice box that we might try to put him in. He didn't always do the, the thing that would be considered politically correct orderly, reasonable, nice. I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, in, in the book of Matthew, there are several, but we, and we don't have time to go through all of them, but, but there's one in Matthew 15. Matthew chapter 15 is the story of a Canaanite woman, somebody who wasn't an Israelite. And it's this kind of strange story. Matthew records, verse 22, Behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying. Now she's crying. She's crying out to the Lord. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Okay, here's this woman. She's, she is crying out to the Lord. She is pleading with him. But he did not answer her a word. Isn't that strange? It doesn't really picture Jesus in the nice box. Here's this woman pouring out her heart, crying out to the Lord, and he just gives her the silent treatment. Keep reading. He, he answered eventually, uh, I'm sorry, his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away. She's crying out after us. And he says, this woman's now not just bothering you, she's bothering us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And he's saying, this is, this is not within my purview. This is not my, you might even say, this is not my problem. And she came and knelt beside him. Now this is a picture. Here's a woman crying out to Jesus. She's begging him. She's persistent. She's pleading with him. She kneels beside him. And how does Jesus respond? It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. This is the moment where you go, oh, ee. You know that emoji on your phone? It's like, ee. This is the point where you would use that emoji. If Mary had been next to Jesus, she probably went, Jesus, you don't want Matthew writing that down. Does this mess with you a little bit? Does this mess with the picture that you have been given of Jesus? It's not very nice. 
Matthew chapter 26, we get another picture. I'm sorry, I have, I have misquoted the reference here. It's in the book of Matthew. How about that? You look it up. In the book, of, later in the book of Matthew, he says to the religious leaders, you vipers, you brood of vipers, you sons of hell. He says, how will you escape being condemned to hell? You understand what that's saying? I mean, in our modern terminology, it seems like Jesus is saying to them, go to hell. Not nice at all. Does that mess with you? Does that picture of Jesus mess with you? Because it's not very nice. Turn to the book of John. This one I know is correct. John chapter 2. In what is arguably the least VBS story ever. John chapter 2. Jesus cleansing the temple. Verse 14 of John 2. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, and the money changers were sitting there. Look what he says, verse 15. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. Jesus was really angry here, and he was not just angry, not just lived. You ever just get really, something just lights you up, you just get really hot under the collar, you just, I pretty much guarantee you if you've ever been mad, if you've ever been ticked off, you've never gotten mad enough to make a whip. It doesn't say Jesus bought a whip, it doesn't say Jesus found a whip, it says he made a whip. This is the picture we have of Jesus. He's so mad, he's so livid, that he's over, under, over, under, over, under, under. He's making a whip. There is only one reason that you need a whip. If you haven't put it together yet, it is for whipping. Does this mess with you at all? It did me. Because when I think of kind... I sort of put it on a, you know, a synonym, a synonym with nice. Oh yeah, being kind to one another, we should be very nice to one another. But when I look at Jesus, there are times when he's nice, but not always. There are times when he is just rude, angry, livid, but certainly not nice. Not nice by any stretch. Now, now, how do I put these things together? Because I don't think Jesus was sinful. Certainly don't think that. But this one messes with me. If it doesn't with you, okay, you can come explain that all to me, how that all works. But I think sometimes we dilute Jesus to much less than he was. 
Because Jesus wasn't always nice. However, in my view of it, he was always kind. And and, and that's kind of my big idea of this message, is that Jesus was not always nice, but he was always kind. And this will lead you to a place, especially in Christianity. Jesus was always kind. So that arguably you could say and see that when Jesus was making a whip, he was doing it for a kind reason. Because cleaning out all of the spiritual dead weight that had clogged up the arteries of Israel, that was a kind act, although it wasn't a nice one. There were so many areas in which Jesus was not always nice, but he was kind. So what is kind then? Well, I think kind is much deeper than nice. Kind is being truthful. You ever nice to someone, but not actually truthful with them? I have been. Being kind is, is different than being nice. Jesus, when he healed the leper, could have healed the leper by just healing him. But what did he do? I need a, I need a leper. Aaron, you're looking like a leper this morning. Come here, buddy. Okay, if you play the come here, come here, come here. if you if you play the leper, if I'm Jesus, all I have to do is say you're healed. But the scripture says that Jesus touched the leper. Do you understand the difference? Here is nice. Here is kind. Now, the picture I get is that Jesus probably did one of these. (laughs) You've been hugged before, haven't you? Good. (laughs) See, the difference between nice and kind, you can have a seat. Thank you for, for being my visual. Jesus didn't have to eat lunch with Zacchaeus. He could have just forgiven him. He could have just had a conversation. But what did he do? Zacchaeus, come down. I must stay at your house today. What he did there was not necessarily nice. It was kind. Remember the story in the book of John? When Jesus is betrayed. And there's this kind of melee and and, and this chaos after Judas kisses him. And Peter takes out a sword And he, well-meaning Peter, slices and dices. And what does he do? He cuts off Malchus's ear, uh, which tells you probably where Peter was aiming was for his head. Uh, Peter was a trained fisherman, not a swordsman, okay? But Jesus, he heals Malchus, which has got to be frustrating to Peter. (laughs) He's like, Lord, I can't keep killing him if you keep healing him, you know? But he heals him. He puts his ear back on. He reattaches it. He didn't have to do that. I'm trying to give you examples where Jesus went above and beyond and even more than being nice. Because we're going to get there. It has an impact for you and I. See, some people, when they think of Christianity, they reduce it to what we call moralistic, therapeutic deism. Which is a nice, big, fancy way of saying, just be nice to people. Just live a good life. 
just be, you know, just, just do a few nice things, enough where we can say nice enough things when you pass away. But that's not Christianity. It's not Christianity at all. Jesus was not always nice, but he was always kind. And here's the hard part. He didn't just call us to be nice people. He didn't just call us to be nicer. You see, I think one of the big challenges for the church is going to be this wrestling between how we walk according to and live by the commands of these pages. And at the same time, there's something within us that wants to be nice. And we need to understand there's an age coming when Christians will have to focus on being kind instead of being nice. You see, Jesus didn't call us to be nice. He called us to be kind. In fact, if you do a word search, you can do it right now. Go to Google or find your Bible software and search for the word nice. And you know how many times you will find that in the pages of any English translation? Zero. But what you will find all throughout the pages of Scripture, both direct, indirect, and by example, is kindness. And this is what we're called to. And I need you to understand that being kind doesn't always mean being nice. Being nice can be pleasing or attractive, but it can also be very deceptive. You ever go to a, a car lot? Are you greeted by a mean salesman? Not if he's a good one. Hey there, how you doing? My name's Jimmy Bob. I'd like to sell you a car. Now, Jimmy Bob's going to be real nice so he can make a sale. He's not necessarily being kind to you. Kind has the best interests of you. You're looking out for the best interests. That's kindness. Niceness is all self-interested. Kindness is a generous nature a considerate nature. It involves being selfless rather than being nice with an ulterior motive. Anyone can be nice. I will say to you, I've met a lot of nice Christians who can be unmercifully cruel. I hesitated whether to share this story or not. It was uh, several years ago, a young man that I know and that some of you know uh, decided to live what we used to call an alternative lifestyle, uh, a lifestyle that will be celebrated heavily here in the next couple of months. He decided to pronounce that to Facebook land. And there were so many people that were nice to him. Oh, congratulations. Oh, that's wonderful. Let's, it's love is love and all of this. And there was one person who did something that was kind. And in the nicest way, without any vitriol or hate, he said, brother, what about your soul? 
You see the difference? What he did there was kind. Who he was concerned was, was for eternity for that young man. The world will be nice to you all the way to hell. Jesus will be kind to you. His followers should be kind to you. Jesus didn't call us to be nice. He calls us to be kind. He calls us to be kind specifically to one another. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4 if you've still got your thinking cap on. Ephesians chapter 4 is one of several verses that specifically say this. Verse 31, I'm going to preface it with verse 31. Uh, If you don't know where Ephesians is, go to page 1254. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32. Be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. See, see, that's where it comes, is God, in the ultimate sense, is not always nice to us, but he's always kind to us. The greatest kindness, of course, being in sending his son to die for us. That's the kindness that he showed to us again and again. So what is the difference between nice and kind? I was thinking about this a little bit more, and I was reading an article, and someone commented, and they wrote this, I thought it put it nicely and succinctly. People are considered nice when they are polite. But kindness is way deeper than niceness. Kindness goes out of its way. As believers, many times we are nice, but not kind. You can be nice and not care. You can be nice to someone and still not like them. People may act nice to me, but I strongly discern or observe that such acts of niceness do not go further than being polite. That's pretty good. Niceness is primarily an outward, exterior kind of thing. This past week and a half, we've been reworking the parking lot, you know? And this was a bigger reworking of the parking lot because we didn't do what we had done in the past. We just covered the surface. We got down underneath. We dug down to the, to the, bare, to the dirt, to the foundation. We've rebuilt it coming up. That's the difference. And niceness is the surface. We did a, sur- a resurfacing six years ago, and it, it, it lasts for a little while, but, but niceness is like resurfacing. It's not a permanent condition. Kindness is much different. It goes all the way down. It's deeper. It's more genuine in its love for others. The best, best biblical example of this distinction you're going to find in Luke chapter 10. Turn to Luke chapter 10. Let's go to one more scripture, and you know this story well. So I want you to be careful that you don't overknow it to the point where you don't reread it. But I want to encourage you to open your mind, open your Bible, and think. This is in res- response to the question asked by a lawyer to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. 
Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave him to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back." There's a couple things when I read this old familiar story. Number one, the religious leaders, the Pharisee, the teacher of the law. I, in my mind, imagine them. I know them. Because sometimes I've been them. I think they were very respectable and nice. And as they were walking along the road... in what we would call a bad part of town, saw this man left for dead and began to reason out why they shouldn't get involved. Reason out why it would just be more harm than good to, to, to mess with that man. I don't even want... I, 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 it could be, a, could be a, a, a ruse. It could be a decoy. It might just be alive and, you know, I go down there to help him and they jump me and, you know, I, by the way, I've got to get to worship. The people are expecting me. I've got good things to do. And so if you're following the camera, you're going to have to just get the joystick for just a minute because this is the picture that I need you to get, okay? Here is the Pharisee and the teacher of the law. I think they see him right over here, and they do a very nice sidestep, and they keep walking. Religious leaders of the day, of that day, could be accused of being very nice. I don't think they were bad people. I think you could have a pleasant conversation with them. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I think sometimes religious people of our day are also can be the same way. We can be very nice, but completely sidestep a person. I've done it. I've done it. So the scripture calls us to take heed to the Samaritan who is called good, who I think is actually a picture of Jesus. And the Samaritan is not just good. He was what we would call kind. He went out of his way. He stopped. He helped. He put him on his own animal. He did so at great expense. Do you understand? That's the difference between kind and nice. I can be nice all day long. I've been in ministry 23 years. I am professionally trained to be nice. But Jesus didn't call us to be nice. He calls us to be kind, both in command and by example. So what might that look like here at Northside in 2022? Well, here at the building, you might say nice is smiling at a person. Kind would be introducing yourself. 
This morning, I went over right over here to the front row, just as we were getting ready to start. I saw this family, and I said, I think I've met you before, but I cannot remember your name. He said, you have met us before. I said, I'm so sorry, but I'll get it one of these days. I was trying to be kind, but you see that kind is hard because you take the chance of embarrassing yourself. But that's what we want to be at Northside. Nice is seeing a mom with several kids in tow and saying, the kids' classes are that way. That's nice, but that's not very kind. Kind is saying, here, let me help you. Let me walk you to class. You, you understand the difference? Nice is, is oh, if someone comes in, the, the ushers come down, they, there's some space next to you, and you just stand up, and you just, yes, very politely let them through, but they're not taking your seat. You were here early Kind is giving up your seat. Do you understand the difference? Nice is exchanging pleasantries. Kind is asking how they really are. Kind is praying with them. Kind is inviting them to your home or out to lunch after church. Do you understand the difference? And we all do because we've all got that sense that these people are nice to me, but I'm not sure that they really care. But you can't do anything about them. The challenge is to do something about yourself. Several years ago, I saw a very kind act right here in these pews. It was full that day, much like today. We were already, had already started worship. And so now, the show had begun. We're in worship, and five or ten minutes into the service... A young teenage girl comes in through the middle doors and she's making this very trepidatious walk that a teenage girl might make in the middle of worship, trying to find a seat. And she's going to sit with her peers who are all right here, but it is full. Do you ever notice that the back rows tend to fill up first? So she walked and looked and walked and looked. And walk, and and now the whole audience is not paying attention anymore, but watching what is this girl going to do? And this young lady keeps walking, keeps looking, and no doesn't see. And finally, very meekly, with her Bible, comes and sits on the front row. This is back when people came to the front to respond to the invitation. She she is sitting on the front. Row by herself. No one is there. And everybody did the same thing. Oh, that poor girl. Oh, oh that's so awkward for her. And then three or four teenage girls did a kind act. And they got up out of their seats, which are more toward the middle, and they walked all the way down front, and they sat beside their friend. At this point, no sermon needed to be given. Do you understand? What happened in that moment is that those three or four teenage girls were very kind. They weren't concerned about being nice. They were kind. 
kind is that genuine love which sacrifices self and goes the extra mile and is not concerned about the cost, but is only concerned about the person. And so when scripture calls us to be kind to one another, I want you to understand it's so much more than being nice. Scripture calls us to be kind to one another. Don't please do not dilute your Christianity to being nice. Nice is pleasant, but it lacks conviction. It has no soul. It's cosmetic and fairly bland. Niceness wanders aimlessly. Niceness stands for nothing. But Jesus didn't call us to be nice. He called us to be kind, and not just kind, but kind specifically to one another. That's hard. It's not easy to do. Kindness requires effort and great sacrifice. But may we rise to the challenge. The greatest kindness, as I said, that God showed us was by offering his son to us. So... At this point in the message, I need you to know that even if you've lived your whole life and maybe nobody's been kind to you, maybe nobody's been nice to you, I need you to be reminded that the greatest kindness you'll ever be shown was shown to you by God himself. That the kindness that appeared to us was through Jesus Christ. And if you are not in him or walking with him, I want to encourage you to receive the kindness of God by simply saying that you believe that Jesus is the Lord and confessing his name and putting him on in baptism. No greater kindness has ever shown to a human being. And maybe you've been struggling as a Christian. Maybe you've been really, really nice, but not very kind. Would you like our elders to pray with you? They would, you know. And they'll do that, in fact, at this very moment. We're going to stand and sing a song. There will be some of our shepherds at the back at each of the doors. If you have a spiritual need, if you'd like for them to pray with you, if you need to repent of something, if you need some spiritual need, we want to help you with that. We want to do so this morning. Whatever your need is, we'll invite you to head to the back and see one of our shepherds as together we stand and sing.